Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation New Jersey. And so we're going to be in in John chapter 13 this morning. And before we get there, though, uh, I want to talk to you about something, and this is kind of where we're headed today. I want to talk to you about towel power towel power. All right. And so maybe I can frame it up for you this way is, uh, you know, I, I had the privilege uh, to play for Hall of Fame coach by the name of Roger Nielsen. I think we have an image of him coming up and in coach Nielsen uh, was an amazing coach inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2002. Uh, but but more than that, do you know he was a Jesus lover? Man, he loved the Lord, all right? And so great coach and great man. Uh, but but uh, Roger Nielsen, he has this uh, unique distinction in this is that he has a statue outside the Vancouver Canucks arena. And, and I think we'll have an image of that as well. And it's a very unique, uh, distinct uh, looking statue. You can see Roger Nielsen with his uh, a stick raised high and there seems to be a towel hanging off of it. And, and if I could give you the backstory uh, behind this, historic statue is this so the the year was 1982 and uh, Roger Nielsen was was coaching the Vancouver Canucks and they were on this really Cinderella story kind of run through the playoffs they had a very uh, mediocre regular season but then they they found their stride during the playoffs and in fact uh, it brought them all the way to the conference finals uh, to play against the Chicago Blackhawks and in this uh, uh, in this series, in, in game one, it went to actually to double overtime in Chicago, and Vancouver came out on top. Game two comes along, and, and Chicago uh, is is in control. They were winning three to one during the game, and there was just these series of, of bad officiating call after bad officiating after bad officiating. All the calls seemingly were going against Roger Nielsen and the Vancouver Canucks, and and Roger and the players had kind of had it up to here with it until finally, just as a, a mocking sign of surrender, Roger, he grabs a towel, he puts it on the end of a hockey sticks and he starts to wave uh, the towel like this uh, in mockingly just saying, hey, we give up, we surrender, you know, unless your officiating is going to change. And, and so uh, maybe it wasn't the most godly thing to do, but it, but it sure got everyone's attention. And um, uh, Chicago would go on to win that game, but... Nothing could prepare uh, Roger Nielsen nor the Vancouver Canucks what would happen next. Uh, Nielsen was actually fined $1,000, and as they're, they're flying home and the, and the team lands in Vancouver, they're greeted by thousands and thousands of Vancouver Canuck fans, and guess what? They all have towels, and they're waving their towels to the fan, to the players, and they're, the, the players are getting all uh, fired up. And then, uh, and not to be outdone, the following evening in their home game, um, what were the players greeted to? But the, the stands were filled with fans, and they all brought their towels with them, and they started twirling their towels. They, they called it towel power, and, and Vancouver went on to crush the Chicago Blackhawks, and they would make it to their first ever Stanley Cup Finals, man. It's towel power. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about uh, today, is this idea of towel power. 
because uh, we're going to be in, in John chapter 13, and, and in it, uh, here's what we realize, you know, Jesus has less than 24 hours to live, um, that, that Jesus is going to deliberately block out all the noise uh, in Jerusalem and just get alone with his 12 disciples. It was there in an upper room where he was going to sit and have the Passover meal uh, with his disciples, this intimate meal. And then midway through the Passover meal, Jesus abruptly, he gets up from the table. And there it says he lays aside his garment. And what does he do? He grabs a towel. And it says, the Bible says he girds up his loins. And there he gets down on his hands and knees with that towel. And he starts to wash the disciples' feet. Like, um, uh, just to kind of give you an idea how shocking this would have been to the disciples, did you know that, that actually um, uh, Jewish uh, servants could not wash uh, other Jews' feet? It, it was just too low, uh, too menial of a job. They would only allow Gentile uh, servants to wash uh, feet. And so for Jesus, this great rabbi, uh, the God become a man to, to humble himself and go to the lowest of low and wash these disciples' nasty feet. This was shocking. And so and so, we see it in the text that, that Peter, he just says, Lord, never will you wash my feet. And to which Jesus replies, hey, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. And then uh, Peter kind of rebounds. He makes it weird like he always does. He says, oh, Lord, not, not just my, my feet, but wash my, my hands and my head. And, and Jesus has to once again reply. He's like, listen, if I wash your feet, uh, th then you're clean. But he's going to say this, um, though I've washed um, all of your feet, uh, not all of you are clean. And what Jesus was referencing was, was Judas Iscariot, that, that Judas uh, was going to betray Jesus on this evening. And, and here it is. See, see, what you need to understand is Jesus, it wasn't just some tragic uh, death of a rabbi who stumbled into Jerusalem, but rather this was the foreordained plan of God that Judas would betray Jesus and Jesus would go to the cross uh, on our behalf, what, in order to make us clean. And so our text today will be in John chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 12. It says this, it says, uh, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer, outer garments and, and re uh, resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And so um, so, so we see this, this moment of foot washing with Jesus. Um, it, it serves multiple purposes for us. Like, like the first is we see it, it's a picture or a parable, if you will, uh, of what Jesus was going to do at the cross. It's going to be through the cross of Christ that, that Jesus is going to be able to wash his people uh, in the blood of Jesus. It, it's going to make us clean. Uh, the biblical word is holy, set apart, pure, unto God. Um, but you know, this, this text, and we read it, it serves another purpose as well. And Jesus is going to say this. He says, what I have done to you, how I have served you, that is how you 
are to go and to serve other people, right? It's, it's towel power, towel power. And so um, um, here's what we know, is you know that, that Jesus, he served humanity right up until the very end. In fact, in John 13, uh, 1, uh, Jesus actually says that, that Jesus loved his disciples to the very end. And don't we see it? Like, like Jesus, uh, just a few chapters from now, we're going to read that he's, he's bloodied, beaten, hanging on a cross. It says that he's unrecognizable as a human being. Yet in all his suffering and torment, what is he doing? He's serving others. We see Jesus uh, on the cross serving his mother as he tells his mother that, that John is going to become your new son. And John, you're to care for my mother. We see that, that Jesus is serving a thief on the cross. And he says, today you will be with me in paradise. We see Jesus uh, serving this angry mob as he's interceding for them. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And last, but certainly not least, is we see Jesus serving you and me as he is the the stricken lamb of God whose blood was shed on that cross what that he could wash us and now we are clean or holy in the eyes of a holy God and so um, listen uh, people may never read Matthew Mark Luke or John like they may never pick up a Bible and, and read it but here's what I know they are gonna read you Man, they're going to read uh, Paul, Stacy, right, um, Bob, whoever you are. Man, man, the, the people are going to be watching your life. And if you claim to be a Jesus follower, are you uh, living the example that Jesus lived out? So um, um, uh, I'm not sure how many have ever uh, stayed at a Ritz-Carlton before. And Ritz-Carlton is kind of this upper, this high-end luxury hotel. But they're known for one thing, and that's this, excellent service. Excellent service. In fact, uh, the, C, the, the former COO is a guy by the name of Horst Schultz. And Horst Schultz, he, he, um, he actually he goes around the country and he gives these seminars on, on how to serve people in an excellent manner. And it's funny, he actually trains um, all those, that, the, the, the people that clean the rooms and the people that wait tables and whatnot. Here's what he lets them know. He says this, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen and i so love that we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen in other words he he's, he gives a dignity to serving that there's something um very very um dignified about serving other people and serving them well uh, in fact horse schultz he'll, he'll go on and he's he actually shares this story the story which should be kind of alarming for you and me he he actually as he goes around the country speaking he's been doing this for the last 20 years or so and and he uh he shares the story of a bank of this bank banking establishment where he would bank and he he would always say the name of the bank and so it's a beautiful bank right uh and so as the the uh, the line was extremely long in this bank but but it was moving fairly swiftly and, and it was horses turned to, to go and and a teller way down at the end she just yells next and so he kind of he kind of goes over and and the the bank teller she wouldn't even make eye contact with him she's still kind of finishing what she's doing and so her horse is just kind of waiting there and then she's like what do you want and, and then he's like well i just need to get this 50 uh, made into smaller bills and she just 10 9 you know does the bills here you go next right and so it, he he was just so off put by this that that he, wherever he goes now around the country 
country, uh, he tells the story of this bank. And here's why that's so devastating. Is, uh, see, it, it wasn't the CEO or, or the COO that, that got to represent this bank. Um, it, it wasn't a, a commercial or a mission statement that got to represent this bank. You know who represented this bank? That one rude bank teller. And because of that one rude bank teller, what happens? Man, now everyone around the world has heard the story about this one uh, bank that doesn't serve people well. And, and so in, in a very real way, you and I represent Christ and his kingdom in the earth. And so do you serve like Jesus serves? Man, is, is towel power a part of your life? And so um, uh, I, I want to just look at a, a couple brief points because the Bible has much to say about towel power. And here's the first thing I'll highlight is this, is that, that towel power brings life. Towel power brings life. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it says this. It says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake uh, will find it. And so, so this sounds so counterintuitive to us. It sounds like the kingdom of God is kind of the upside down kingdom. Or, or maybe it's, it's the right side up kingdom. Because the, the idea of, no, if, if I lose my, my life, if I give it away, how then can I find it, right? But it's, it's a counterintuitive counter life. And so um, uh, back in the 90s, Man, the TV uh, airwaves were dominated by this uh, sitcom called Seinfeld. Do you remember Seinfeld? Man, in, in, in Seinfeld had this, this character, George Costanza. And if you, you remember uh, George Costanza, he was just, uh, just a loser, right? Uh, his life was an uh, objective failure. And, and he would even admit that he's just a failure. In fact, there's one episode where he's like, hey, uh, every decision I've ever made in my life has been the wrong decision. And then he makes this... He, he comes to this conclusion, maybe I just need to start doing the opposite of what I feel like I should do. And so George Costanza goes to work and he just starts doing the opposite of what he feels like he should do. And he goes from being the loser to just absolutely winning and dominating in life, right? He gets the girl, he gets the job. Why? And it was all because he was, he was going to do the opposite. And in a very real, real way, man, it's the kingdom of God. It's actually the upside down kingdom that, that man, to, to find rich, full life, you have to give your life away, right? And so um, this will be a review for some. And so um, uh, we serve a, a, a God that's Trinity, three in one. Father, Son, and Spirit. And you recall that theologians have a term for the God kind of love in the Godhead. It's called perichoresis. It literally means to dance around or to celebrate the other. And we see the Father's always got his eyes on the Son and the Spirit celebrating. And the Son celebrates the Father and the Spirit, so on and so forth. It's this other-oriented love. And do you know that you and I, we bear the image of that Trinitarian God. And likewise, you and I have been wired by Almighty God as image bearers to be other-oriented. In other words, our eyes should always be up on other people, loving God and loving people. 
And here's what's, here's what's so fascinating is, do you know that, that our, our biology lines up with our theology? Did you know that? Like, like scientists, they, they've done tests, uh, MRIs on our brain. And, and that, that, do you know that when you serve other people, the same parts of your brain that light up uh, when you have uh, food, good food, or good sex, um, that, that those pleasure receptors in the brain, the same area of the brain lights up when you serve other people. Like, uh, I'm not sure how many of you have ever been to Fleming Steakhouse. Um, it's fantastic. And at the end of every meal, man, my family and I, we order uh, that, that hot fudge lava cake. Have you ever had one of these? Man, and you, you rip into those things, and then just this fudge comes oozing out and pouring out. And, and you, you, that thing just hits your palate, and you're like, oh, it make you speak in tongues. And do you know what's, what happens? Like, in your brain, your brain fires up this section. And, and when you grab a towel, towel power... And when you serve other people, man, that part of your brain, it lights up. I see our biology lines up with our theology. That's why you know that the great commandment is this, is to love God and to love people. It's not God flexing, saying, hey, you better love me and love people. No, it's, it's what? It's because our great joy comes when we're other-oriented. Our eyes are fixed on God and other people. It's towel power, man. But... Unfortunately, Genesis 3 occurs. Sin is introduced um, into the cosmos. And, and man no longer has his eyes fixed on God and other people. Our eyes turn inward. Uh, theologians call this the incurvature of the soul. That as man um, gave way to sin and we, we look to the self to be God, that, that our eyes, they, they turned in and the soul caved in on itself. And it's the reason why we're also absolutely miserable right now. It's because our eyes are fixated on ourselves. You know that the mantra of our world today is, is this, oh, you, you want to fix what's wrong in your life? Just look inward. Look inside for your authentic self. And the Bible would scream something way different. He's like, no, 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 no. Get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on God and other people. Loving God and loving people, man. It's towel power. So if that's you here today and, and you've believed the lie of this world and the devil that the way to find life is man to grab hold of it and grasp for it, for, for the unholy trinity, trinity, me, myself, and I, man, don't believe that lie. Because here's what I know. If you think the world exists to make much of you, um, here's what I know, is, is you're perpetually frustrated and angry because it's not ultimate reality, man. Like, like when you drive in traffic, uh, that, that car that, that cuts you off, uh, what suddenly becomes a personal offense? Why? Because the world exists to make much of me. Uh, that, that I know your, tra your, uh, your uh, marriage is a train wreck. Because, it, man, if you think your spouse exists to make much of you, how's that working out for you? Uh, if your kids, if you think that your kids exist to make much of you and to validate you, how's that going for you? I promise you, you're constantly frustrated. But but if you'll pick up a towel and you'll gird up your loins and then start to get your eyes on serving other people, like serving your spouse. Do you know what? Uh, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it.
And so as you begin to cultivate your spouse, I promise you, you watch that grass get greener and greener and greener. Um, how about as you lay down your life and sacrifice for your family, uh, for your children, I promise you this, uh, you might not be famous on social media, but you'll be famous in your home and in your household, right? It's just, it's towel power, okay? Um, and so towel power, it always brings life. And, and here's point number two is this, is that towel power, it brings greatness. It brings greatness. Now I know I'm, I know all of us woke up this morning. You're like, you know what? I just I hope I'm mediocre today. I'm just hoping to be mediocre. <laughs> no, you're not. At least I hope you're not. Man, I hope you woke up this morning like, man, I want to be great today. And the secret to being great is this. It's towel power. Let me read it to you in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45. It says this. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so what it's, it's towel power, man, towel power will make you great as you, you, you want to be great in this life, in this world, man, you, you need to serve. And so, um, uh, in the NHL, uh, sports illustrated, um, uh, christened, uh, Wayne Douglas Gretzky as this, the great one, the great one, a uh, little, little side story is, uh, the first time I ever got to play against, uh, Wayne Gretzky he was with the, uh, Los Angeles Kings. And, and, and as we were on the ice, a, a five on five, uh, fight broke out. That means everybody on the, uh, uh, on each team grabs a guy and I had Wayne Gretzky. All right. And like, I'm not going to fight Wayne. Gretzky like not a big guy and so and so I, I have him and I actually pushed Wayne away I was like Wayne I don't want you you're too small I, I want to get somebody else who's bigger you know so it doesn't look so bad and, and he, he grabbed me and he goes no no let's just stay here you and I'll just stay here <laughs> and then I just thought wow I'm with Wayne Gretzky the great one right um, but so so I share that to say this you know it's fascinating that he's he's called the great one. Did you know like he holds the, the NHL record for goals, assists, and total points? And here's what's so fascinating. Do you know that you could remove all his goals and even still, he would still hold the points record because that's how many assists he has. And so when I say assists, what that means that, that he um, passed the puck to someone else that they might score and they might be great. In other words, the great one became great by making others great around him, right? And so, so that's the big idea, man. That's towel power right there. I know in my, in my, uh, my own life, um, so when I, I was playing for the Hartford Whalers, I guess this is Hockey Story Sunday, okay? I get off me. And, and so I was playing for the Hartford Whalers, and, and normally what happens when, when uh, somebody gets the C for captain on your team, uh, they, they usually just give it to the best player. But this year, the coach did something different. He says, um, uh, we're going to let uh, the players vote on who they want to be their captain, who they want to lead them. And so it was interesting. Um, There's a guy, um, Pat Verbeek, on our team who was, he was probably the best player. And so Pat and everybody else kind of thought, oh, he's going to get the C. But, but actually, he didn't. There was another guy uh, on our team, a guy by the name of Rad Randy Latticer, and he, he was by no means the best player on the team. But what he did was he served the younger players. 
that, that he, he helped people, that he had this, this, this heart to serve uh, the team. And the, the team unanimously said, we want that guy to lead us into battle. And then just kind of an interesting thing, like uh, Pat Verbeek was shocked that he didn't get the captain. But you know, I, I'm just so happy to say that, that, that Pat Verbeek learned a lot about leadership that year. And you know that years later, he would, he would begin to serve his teammates. And, and later on, we would make him our captain. And so it's this idea of towel power. You want to be great, then, then you need to serve other people. And so we, we find this throughout the scriptures, man. It's unavoidable. Like great people, they didn't start great. They started by serving. And serving made them great. If you, you think about Joshua, Joshua would lead God's people into the promised land. Moses, one of the greatest leaders of all time, he didn't get to lead them in. But Joshua would lead them over the Jordan into the promised land and defeat 31 kings. But that didn't happen overnight. If you're familiar with Joshua's story, man, Joshua served Moses and God's people in, in multiple capacities. Joshua had this idea, man, if I see a need, I'm going to take the lead and I'm going to serve. And so Joshua, do you know he served as Moses' servant? That Joshua served as Israel's uh, commander? Do you know that Joshua served as a spy for Israel? And so, so we see all these different ways that Joshua served. And you know what? He served his way into greatness, didn't he? Um, here's another one. King David, probably the greatest uh, king in Israel's history. And yet, um, do you remember how he stumbled on uh, to the scene? How he, he fell into his destiny? Do you remember how it happened? Um, uh, if you don't, uh, I'll remind you, um, he was actually uh, door dashing or, or Uber Eats for his father, Jesse, that his father, Jesse, sent uh, David to the front lines to serve his brothers and the commanders of Israel's army. First uh, Samuel 17, verses 17 and 18, it says, and Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and these 10 loaves and carrying them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these 10 cheeses to the commander of their, th of their thousand. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. <laughs> Did you get that? Like, like he was, David, he was just being faithful with his cheese. And in so doing, as he served uh, the army of Israel, served Jesse, served his brothers, what happened? Man, he ran smack in to his destiny. It was there in that moment that he would slay Goliath, that, that all of Israel would begin to see him as this great worshiping warrior, right? It's, it's, it's what power power is what, what brought uh, David uh, into uh, greatness. That There's another one, if you remember Joseph in the scriptures. Joseph would be the prince of all of Egypt, but not overnight, man. He, he was going to, it was going to take towel power to bring him up to become prince of Egypt. And if you remember the story that, that, that he's, um, Joseph is sold into, into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. And, but what does Joseph do? He doesn't sulk, but rather he serves. He starts serving in Potiphar's house and making Potiphar's house um, uh, great. And in so doing, he became great in Potiphar's household. Well, after that, he's, he's actually lied about and, and thrown into an Egyptian prison. But what does he do there? Does he sulk? No, he serves uh, the prison master. And in doing so, he makes the prison master great and he rises to prominence in the prison. Uh, he's not just feeling sorry for himself because he's in prison, but he's got his eyes on other people. And in so doing, he sees the baker 
and the butler and he sees that they're downcast and he says uh, why are you downcast and they both said that they had uh, bad dreams and, and Joseph is like well listen maybe I can help serve you because I can interpret dreams he interprets that man the baker uh, unfortunately that that dream wasn't gonna go too good but the butler was gonna be called back up into Pharaoh's house and you know what? That same butler would remember Joseph and, and Joseph would get called up and he would become prince of Egypt. What he would serve his way into greatness. It's nothing other than Tao power. And so I guess here's my, my challenge for us today is, um, you know, I love texts like Ephesians 6. It talks about, man, to put on the full armor of God, that we would take the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and our loins girt about with truth and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and, and we take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And all that stuff is amazing. And I hope you take it up every day. But, but more than that, man, don't forget to take a towel with you. Man, take a towel with you because it's towel power that can absolutely change the world. I'll end with this story. Do you know that it's, it's actually towel power that, that our church exists here in Every Nation, New Jersey? Like, um, uh, I'll take you back. I was, I was playing for the Carolina Hurricanes, and I was supposed to host a Bible study in my home. And I don't know if you've ever tried to step out for the Lord. Sometimes all hell can break loose. And that was kind of taking place in my home. And so my wife and I are fighting if Christians did such things. And our ki my kids are blowing up. There's just chaos going on. And we need to get our house ready uh, for this Bible study that we're hosting at our house. And, and, and finally, I mean, I get on my hands and knees, and I just I start praying. I'm like, God, I'm doing this for you. You're going to have to bring something, somebody to help. And I get a phone call that same afternoon from the stranger. Um, his name was Pastor Ron Lewis. He says, Adam, you don't really know me, but is there some way that I could serve you? And you know what? I couldn't even be polite. I was so stressed out. I was like, yes, you can go do this, go do this, go do this. And I was just ordering this poor guy around. Well, we'll come to find out Pastor Ron Lewis would eventually become my, my pastor. And because he, he uh, served me so relentlessly, can I, can I tell you something? You know, uh, years later, I would retire from the NHL. And, and then um, I, I would actually uh, sell everything. Uh, my family and I, we would sell everything we had, move from Austin, Texas, up to New York City. Why? So we, I could serve pastor ron lewis and in serving pastor ron lewis in manhattan eventually we planted the church out here in new jersey see it was it was because one man his towel power um, um he served me and, and what happened that made him great in my eyes and i wanted to serve him and then what happens man the church is birthed it's towel power man and towel power can absolutely change the world let's pray Father, we just uh, thank you for the privilege of gathering together in Jesus. We just, uh, I want to thank you, Lord, how gloriously and endlessly and tirelessly, Lord, you served us. And God, as we've been greatly served by you, I pray that you would use uh, um, um, brothers and sisters in Christ to go out and serve a hurting world. And by serving others, God, I pray that that towel power would absolutely turn the world upside down. We thank you. We trust you in Jesus name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen, every nation. Well, listen, um, the sermon's over with. We're not quite finished. I'd love to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. 
Um, I, I pray that um, our, our service is, is a blessing to you. And, and there's a, a way you can bless us back is, is by giving financially, helping support our ministry. And um, there's three ways that you can give. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Uh, or you can give via text. My family and I, we give this way. If you just uh, text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or, as always, you can mail in your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly and abundantly bless you as you're faithful in your tithing and your giving. Hey, every nation, uh, Jesus loves you, and I think you're pretty great, too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation, New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.